Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. growth in the Treasure State is not just reserved to Montana's biggest cities, and that's reflected with the reclassification of nine high schools in the prep sports ranks around the state. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. At the Montana High School Association meetings earlier this week, the MHSA announced the reclassification of nine high schools, including eight that will move up a division. The schools slated to move up include Big Fork, who will jump from Class B to Class A, Fairview, Chinook, Lone Peak, Darby, Ennis, Park City, and Superior will all move from Class Class C to Class B, and just one school, Forsyth, will move down, dropping from Class B to Class C. The MHSA also awarded state championship sites for the 2023-24 academic school year. The list includes State AA Golf in Billings, State A Golf in Sydney, All-Class Cross Country in Kalispell, All-Class Volleyball in Bozeman, All-Class Swimming in Great Falls, All-Class Wrestling in Billings, AA Basketball in Missoula, A Basketball in Butte, B Basketball in Billings, and C Basketball in Great Falls. Shelby will host Class B Golf. Bozeman will host AA Tennis. AA Softball will take place in Belgrade. A Softball in Billings. B and C Softball in Billings. And the State AA and C Track Meet will take place in Great Falls. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory.
roots of spring football, but spring football has certainly evolved in so many different ways from the operation, from the internal side, the teams, to the way we exteriorly can cover it. I used to be able to go to practice all the time. Now that's not really part of the equation, but Montana just wrapped up spring drills. The Grizz had their spring game Friday down in Hamilton, Montana, and the Bobcats are in their fourth of five weeks, I guess third of five weeks. They still have a couple weeks left. They culminate spring drills, not this upcoming Saturday, but next Saturday. So two weeks left before they have their spring game on April 23rd there at Montana State. So we're going to continue talking football because, you know, we love talking about football. And this time of year is fun just because of the uh, sort of analysis we can do of some of the younger players and sort of the needs and and wants that these programs uh, have. And so it was interesting seeing the Grizz because I only got to watch them for about half an hour, three different times at the beginning parts of practices where they're just doing walkthroughs. And then we got to watch them on Friday, but not much to watch in terms of the ins and outs, logistics, play calling, all that. It was as simplified as I have ever seen. We're joined now here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. Brooks Nuanas from SkylineSportsMT.com. He was down there in Hamilton taking photos on behalf of Skyline, and now he's here to help us talk our way through some Grizz stuff and some Bobcat stuff. So, Brooks, first of all, thanks for being with us. What did you think, uh, just overall, overall general impressions of the uh, the evening in Hamilton? Well, it was a good crowd. It was great weather. Um, all those things were really positive compared to the football experience, which was limited, and, and that's understandable. And that's not what we hope for, but it's it's kind of just the way that things have gone. You mentioned it at the top there, Colter, that college football has changed drastically, and I think it will continue to change. Uh, with closed practices, less contact, more simplified off-seasons, um, probably for the better in a lot of ways as a football guy. You know, I've never been a, there's one my way or the highway, only one way to do it. I always assumed that there would be an evolution to the game, less contact, uh, you know, a little bit more conditioning, weightlifting, team camaraderie. Those things are always going to be at the forefront, uh, but we don't have to necessarily bang heads as much to figure out who's going to play in the fall. Nothing is a surprise there. Uh, the teams on both sides, some of the starters that we're used to seeing uh, did not play, which is, again, uh, something that we should anticipate, but there were some young guys that I thought really stepped up and, and looked good. Of course, we got to see the two quarterbacks who are seemingly in a battle uh, for the starting spot in, in Chris Brown and transfer Lucas Johnson. Uh, both of those guys taking snaps was intriguing, but it's mostly a young guy's day. Uh, some running backs, Colter Janicaro from Zula, Asher Croy from Bozeman, Cale uh, Edwards from, from Coeur d'Alene. I thought a couple guys on the offensive defensive side that, that stood out. We've seen this forever, and you and I always gravitate towards this guy. But when Bobby Houck's the head coach and it's spring ball, there's a good chance that a young, tough, and likely low scholarship and or walk-on running back is going to get a ton of carries in the spring game. And sometimes it's two, and we saw that with Coulter Janicaro, who was a quarterback at Missoula Big Sky, now playing running back for the Grizz, and Asher Croy, who was a great running back at Bozeman High School, rushed for 333 yards and three touchdowns in the state championship game against Butte uh, his senior year. But then he came in as a linebacker and now, is at least for now, is back to running back. But for guys like that, we've seen it over and over and over, whether it was, you know, a, a Tell Reynolds or a Carrier Malloy or, um, you know, a variety of other guys that sort of filled that role. Dan Moore was kind of in that role and then became a, a true contributor. Joey Counts kind of in that role became a true contributor. So how does that guy take the next step? Is it possible? I mean, is it in the cards in the future, even if it's a distant future, that Coulter Janicaro or Asher Croy or both could could ever be in the mix as an actual option at running back for the Grizz? 
I think absolutely. I think it could be as early as next year. I've always been interested. Bobby Houck at times, um, you know, the mid-2000s had a three-back system. Uh, but a lot of times it's been a feature back, and it's kind of where they've hung their hat here in Missoula. And I, I think that it, for the way that they want to win football games, it would be smart to get more guys involved in the backfield. Of course, injuries the last several years uh, have really hindered that ability to put more guys on the field. Marcus Knight, Nick Osmo, both out with injuries, Xavier Harris in and out, a young guy, getting some carries. So guys that they've had trouble staying on the field um, have actually now started to develop a little bit more depth when you play young guys in the spring. So the hard part for young guys, as you mentioned, Asher Croy and Colpa Giancaro, is that they have to do everything perfect to even get a chance. So the incumbent, the guys that are going to be kind of at the top of that depth chart are going to make mistakes and be able to have a little bit of leash those young guys, if they want a chance to sniff the field, have to do everything perfect. And that is everything in between pass protection, special teams, running on and off the field and knowing different package assignments. Those things will be so important for the development of a young guy who's looking to play, especially in a position that you can play early at the FCS, the FBS, in the NFL. Running back is a position you can play day one if you have the details in order. The question everybody's asking is about the quarterbacks, and I thought that Chris Brown, he has, because of his performance, sort of fallen out of favor, both because of just sort of the the average play he had during his one month as a starter last year, and then when he got thrust back into the game against James Madison and his meltdown there and and getting pulled from that game, and then going with Robbie Patterson down the stretch in the quarterfinals of the FCS playoffs, to then just 4 of 15 and and threw a pick on Friday in Hamilton. So I, I don't really know if he's necessarily in contention for anything but the backup job. I think he and Daniel Britt are probably battling out for that. I think that Lucas Johnson, I think he's got to be the guy. The guy who started nine games in the Mountain West last year, started for San Diego State in their bowl game, looked good, but there was hardly any ability to evaluate actually Lucas Johnson because I think that the one thing that maybe the fans miss is that Tim Rosenbaugh, the offensive coordinator for the Grizz, his offensive concepts, the offensive identity that they had for the first couple years was to run a bunch of quick game and a bunch of read option stuff. And then they had a guy like Dalton Steed who could really do that. And so then the Grizz were very explosive offensively because they've gotten way better on defense and special teams between the end of that 2019 season. And then this last campaign in 2021, they've adjusted their offensive style. I think part of that is personnel based and quarterback based, whether it was Cam Humphrey or Chris Brown. But I also think part of that is Bobby Houck and his, his desire to sort of, win in a certain way. He wants to win with special teams and defense and toughness and then maybe have the offense just be a part of a greater machine. All that said, though, what we saw on Friday, I thought, made it impossible to to analyze Lucas Johnson because if, in fact, he is a true quick-game quarterback that can actually run Tim Rosabaugh's basic offense, if they were even going to go back to that like they did in 2019, I'm not even sure. So I guess how do you balance those two things, evaluating Johnson or lack thereof, but also just the fact that Montana at this exact moment and for the last little while seems to have been lacking offensive identity. How much does the lack of offensive identity have to do with the personnel or how much of it has to do with just sort of the evolution of the other improvements in the program? I think it's a little bit of both, Colter, but I would say it's less of a personnel issue than it is a philosophy issue. Montana's always wanted to win with defense and and special teams. That's never changed. All of a sudden you plug in, you know, multiple NFL draft picks and the offense looks a little better. Uh, but this this offense for the Montana Grizzlies in the better part of the last 20 years has not been really putting up 60 points. Uh, it's not the thing that they are looking to do. The Eastern Washington Montana State at times has been in that in that camp, and Weber State Montana has have stuck with defense and running the football. That's kind of the 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 
the difference within the league and how Montana wants to differentiate. But overall, when you talk about a quarterback like Lucas Johnson, I think that this kind of coaching staff with as much experience as they have can really just tell quickly that the ball comes out a little differently. The decision-making abilities are a little quicker. Chris Brown has not shown some of those abilities early in his career. I think that Lucas Johnson, with his maturity and experience, clearly takes a snap a little differently, if that makes sense. It's just a guy that has a lot more experience and a little bit more wherewithal for the position and a little bit more natural at it. So I think that Lucas Johnson is definitely going to lead that group there. And what do they want to do with him? Well, he had a, a, a couple of really nice runs, you know, again, just getting tagged off by defense and not fully tackled. But he had a couple of nice runs where he showed some burst. He knows how to carry the football. He clearly can get downhill a little bit. Can he take contact? That's yet to be seen. Does he like to throw the ball downfield? Is it a short game? Will he sleep and then take some shots? You know, those things we'll have to develop as we learn more about the offense. But overall, I do think Lucas Johnson's the head of that crew. And as far as the first eye test for me, he looked like an improvement for the last two years. Brooks Nuanas joining us here on Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television, talking a little Grizz football. Us at Nuanas now coming to you through the Northwest Motorsports Studio. We're live on ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television, and on the new ESPN Montana app. Go download the new ESPN Montana app. It's ready to roll on all of your various Apple devices. Still getting it all ironed out for your Android users, but it will be ready as soon as we possibly can get it ready. But go download that app, especially if you're an Apple user, and you can use it to stream. Nuanas now, Grizzle Lacrosse, which uh, they have their last home games this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Also some other stuff coming on the horizon. We are coming to you from Brett's RV and Marine, so appreciate Brett's for hosting us as much as they have over the last couple months. Love working with local businesses like Brett's RV and Marine. Brooks, you mentioned the pass rush. I thought that if there was real sacks being counted, <laughs> I think defense would add, I don't know, 20? I thought they had an impossible time keeping the the, uh, the pass rush off the quarterback, and that's not with Montana running hardly any blitzes or any of the pressures that they're actually accustomed to. So then what does that fall on? I mean, how, how concerned are we about the offensive line? Because I think that we didn't see so many of the headliner players for the Grizz, whether it's Patrick O'Connell, Robbie Houck, Junior Bergen, Gabe Solcer, Mitch Roberts only got a little bit of run, Cole Grossman only a little bit of run. I mean, if, he, if they're a headliner, you name them, they likely did not play very much in this scrimmage. The guys that are slated to be starters that did play a lot was the offensive front. They played most of the scrimmage. So how big of a concern is it uh, all the way across the board for Montana? It's a concern, man. It's been a concern. I think it's the only thing that people should talk about until it's fixed. I totally agree. Uh, I don't think there's any way. I don't think there's any way around it. I mean, it's um, FCS football. And Colter, you hear me say this more than anyone around. It's a very high level of football. And Montana has a very high level of expectation within that realm of football. It's a very high-level Division I institution with amazing football tradition. Uh, when you go look, when you go watch Northern Iowa, when you go watch North Dakota State, which we have had the privilege of doing you know, five times in the last five years, you go watch South Dakota State or Sam Houston or Montana State, Weber State, monster, efficient, dominant offensive lines. Montana has not had that for better part of a half decade, if not more. It has been a challenge for Montana to put together five quality offensive linemen. At times, it's been hard to put two or three out there. Um, it has been the crux of what has been an offensive issue for the better part of the last three years. So I think overall, it's a major issue. They brought in a couple transfers. I think they need to keep searching that market. You need to continue to look for guys that are plug-and-play ready. We saw some guys, Coulter, that we 
We laughed out loud. I said, call, call, tell me who number, I'm just saying a random number here, 64. Tell me who 73 is. And he'd look at the roster. He'd read it to me. And he'd read me their height and weight. We saw guys out there that were 6'6", 230, 6'6", 240. And that is a classic Bobby Houck recruiting young developmental offensive linemen, which has got them so far in the path, so far. So many of the amazing guys that we saw in the mid to early 2000s were those developmental guys. Those guys that came in, maybe they were tight ends in high school, and they just started to hit the food, started to put on weight. That has changed kids these this day and age. When we talk about some of the differences, that is one of the biggest differences that I've seen, is that it is very hard to get a kid that comes in at 230 to weigh 310, functional in two seasons. It's very challenging. The weight room is a different culture. The food zoo, quote-unquote, is a different culture. The way that we put on good and bad weight, of course it happens, but it takes a little bit more longer of a developmental period. So I think Montana is going to struggle with the offensive line until they address it. I don't think it's a coaching issue. I don't think it's a scheme issue as much as it is a mentality issue. And they've had some guys that play over their head. The last couple of years, there are some players that I don't consider to be great players that really did play very well in their juniors or senior years. They got all league nods for, for guys that may have not started on a lot of good teams in the league. Um, or within the country. And those guys went out and, and made some stuff happen. So kudos to them by all means. But there are plenty of holes within that, that offensive line that they need to address. Brooks Nuanas, SkylineSportsMT.com, here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. That's the analysis of the offense because I think that they're going to be good at receiver. I think they have a lot of guys, including a bunch we didn't hardly see. We didn't see any Gabe Solser. We saw no Keelan White. We saw a little bit of the emergence of Aaron Fonts. We saw Ryan Simpson catch a touchdown, as did Fonts. We saw Cole Grossman, a tight end, make a, a good play uh, early on before he basically took a seat for the day. <laughs> we saw Mitch Roberts catch a pass, and you were like, man, how long can a college career last? <laughs> you were like, you can't believe he's still in school. But that's all to say, then you talk about the running backs. I mean, with Marcus Knight coming back, Nick Osmo, you know, they still have Isaiah Childs, Junior Berg, and Xavier Harris. They're going to be fine on all the offensive skills parts. So I think they're they're only issue and their number one issue both is the offensive line on offense but they look at the other side of the ball and even though they do have some holes to fill whether it's the defensive end spots or inside linebacker with the loss of jace lewis regardless on defense it's a totally different story because if you take the number off the guy with the when when robbie Houck's not on the field and patrick o'connell's not on the field and you take the numbers and justin ford's not on the field but you, you look at all the rest of the guys if they don't have numbers you wouldn't even know who was who because they all look exactly the same and i think that's a great testament to how much depth they've been able to cultivate I think that side of the ball is more than fine. I think they have guys for one, two, three tiers that could adequately, if not um, functionally, and maybe even thrive in Big Sky Conference games. So uh, I, th- I think that for what what there is maybe lacking on the offensive side, the defensive side, uh, I think that they have it all the way on lock. They really do, man. I mean, there's, there's some really impressive players. And like you said, we didn't get to see a ton of them in this spring game, but there were still some guys that I thought were darn impressive. In the secondary, they're going to be good again. There were some young guys that... I mentioned Kale Edwards at the top. That I mean, I thought he was awesome off the edge. He was unstoppable. No one could really block him. I thought that was darn impressive. Um, it's funny, you know. I, I saw a kid named Ryder Meyer. He's wearing number thirteen, and he is significantly smaller than Josh Sandry. But it was still this like double take of what's going on there. They look so they looked similar with their aggressive playing style and um, some young guys that really flashed. But as you mentioned, Colter, I mean, it's going to be one of the best defenses in the country. It's going to be in the top five just based on talent. Their scheme is insane. You know, they're still going to light you up and get after it. And, you know, the linebacker core is awesome. You know, I love everything about Braxton Hill and, and his development. I mean, I, he's gonna, he's been bordering on an all-league player, stays healthy, gets to, gets to be a starter, 
gets to play, you know, 11, 12, 13 games, you know, he's going to border on an all-league player, and that development's going to continue. And Levi Giannacaro, you know, a guy that I think will also be in the mix at, to start on the inside at linebacker um, if he's not already his spot to, 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 to take it to the fall. And, man, a kid that – talk about development out of Missoula Big Sky, a kid that continues to look physically dominant and gets after it. There is no one else that you want on your team with that kind of motor built with the physical intangibles. I mean, someone that I think has a really bright future. So defensively, you know, the Grizz arch, what they've been, what we could expect the last couple of years, I think they're going to be that, all of that and more. What, if anything, do they need to do to take the next step on defense? Or is there even a next step to take when you give up 13 points per game? Yeah, no, that's going to be hard. Statistically, it's going to be hard to match. Um, I, I still think that getting dominant inside play um, on the line is, is really important for what they want to do scheme-wise. Um, it's important in football in general. Um, and they've had some they've had some guys. You know, Alex Gubner was an awesome player. He's a horse of a man. I mean, 6'5", three, three lots. I mean, you don't really just weigh 315 and run like him. You know, so a, a guy that – that, that style of player, you're going to want to be able to replace and duplicate and have really strong inside play there at the defensive tackle spots. Um, they, they don't really play a stand-up edge, so it's a little bit more of a true man, four-man front, which is a, a different style for gap sound defenses. It's not really a true nose tackle by any means, so they can kind of interchange what that defensive tackle position looks like, whether you're, you know, you're shifting from strong formations or, or who's lining up on strong and weak. Those kind of things are a little bit more interchangeable, so you have more position diversity there. But I do think that inside play is going to be so important on the defensive line for the, the entire defense to continue to develop and take the next step. When it comes to additions, there's always movement post-spring ball. But what do you think, if anything, they could or should try to add? I mean, I guess the number one thing that I look at is the specialists. I mean, I asked Bobby Elk, what's your status and what's your opinion on the specialists? He goes, it's something we got to look at. And that's it. That He did not elaborate whatsoever. So I think he knows as well. I mean, is that the number one? And if anything else, if you're Montana, how hard are you going in on the transfer wire? Are you going in at all? Do you kind of just let it ride with the offensive line and see if the young guys can figure it out in game speed? Where are we at with what maybe they need to add? I mean, the specialist culture are number one by so much it's not even close. And that's they don't even have a punter. Offensive line. They don't have a they don't have a punter, a kicker, a long snapper. And of course, there's guys in the roster that are doing it. But I mean, you got to be if you want to win. You're trying to win a national championship, and you're going to hang your hat on being the best special teams in the country. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing because you you have to have the, the the players. You have to have a punter and a kicker. It's vitally important to special teams. We can cover all the kicks we want, right? I mean, you can run down there with your hair on fire and tackle somebody, but if you, if you know, if your offense is puttered out and you can't get, get three, you're not going to get very far in the playoffs, let alone a, a regular season that's going to be challenging no matter what. So, I mean, I think it's by far number one, right? I think that you continue to look for quarterback. I think you, you, you bring in transfers. You continue to bolster that room and that competition. Um, and as we mentioned, the offensive line. So, across the board, I think that there, there are plenty of strengths that they can take into the fall. Specialists are number one that they need to address. Offensive line is probably number two, and then you're always going to search for, for a skill player like a quarterback or maybe an impact receiver.
Brooks Duana at SkylineSportsMT.com. Here on ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television, or maybe you're streaming the show on the ESPN Montana app. We like to deliver it to you however we possibly can to make your listening pleasures as easy as possible. We're coming to you through Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport boasts the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. You can find that inventory by visiting online, nwmsrocks.com. That's nw msrocks.com. All right, let's talk some cats, Brooks. I know you haven't got a chance to see them live and in person. I have watched them once. Uh, Obviously, the biggest storyline is how do you replace one of the great senior classes in the history of the program? But when you think of the cats, what questions do you have or what questions would you have for me about Montana State as we sort of turn the page and now start to cover the cats a little bit more heavily here these next couple weeks leading up to the spring game? Well, I mean, I think, Coulter, for me being a football fan and, and a guy that, that really loves defensive football, I would like to know what they're going to do schematic-wise with Freddie Banks' departure. You know, first-year defensive coordinator who put in a very interesting 4-2-5 system, system that we talked about a lot with five defensive backs and two roaming linebackers, one of them a potential first-round draft pick in Troy Anderson, definitely a top 60 pick in the NFL draft coming up here soon, departing. So how do they replace Troy? But what is that? What is that? Uh, what does that d- defensive scheme look like? It's an interesting point. I, I think that the answer, though, is hidden in just the history of both the North Dakota State coaching tree lineage, as well as the history of Brent Vegan. Brent Vegan is admittedly one of Gus Bradley's best friends. Gus Bradley, Scotty Hazelton, those two guys are sort of the architects of the four-two-five defense that has been so successful at North Dakota State ever since they first transitioned out of Division II into Division I back in 2005, and then their subsequent unbelievable rise to win nine out of the last 10 SCS National Championships. And I think that's why the obvious hire for Montana State was Willie Mac Garza, because he has worked in the system before. He has learned from guys like Scotty Hazelton. He has coached in the system pretty similarly, both at North Dakota State and at Wyoming. He also has familiarity with Brent Vegan. And so I think that the basic premise of the scheme is going to be the same. I think they're going to want to play a ton of guys up front. I think that the sort of the, the eloquent way of describing what they do up front is sort of a, a physical dance where this guy goes one way, I go the other. And the reads that the front guys are making are also dictating the reads that the linebackers make and then the reads that the DBs make. The one biggest, I guess the two biggest things I think Montana State is going to have to find solutions for because they're certainly not going to be able to replace are one, Troy Anderson roaming the middle of the defense and being able to not only be a guy that is the captain of the defense, calling the plays, operating the run fits, but also bumping out as a plug sometimes to cover the slot, playing big nickel, running, you know, cover three coverage down the middle of the field against inside and outside receivers. You're never finding that guy again. So you shouldn't even try to make someone else do that. Just just find a different role for a different guy. Design that part of the defense a little bit different. And and I think that they probably will because I think last year they did so many things that were even outside of this scheme that I'm talking about because they had this unbelievable guy in Troy Anderson. Then you talk about the other guys they need to replace. You know, Chase Benson was a great player, but I think that they have dudes in there like 
Sebastian Valdez and Blake Schmidt and Blake Keel and, and those guys. Uh, on the outside, they're going to have to figure out a way to replace Daniel Hardy. Maybe Brody Greeby's that guy. You know, maybe um, David Alston, the former Nebraska transfer, takes a huge step. I don't think he can ever be Daniel Hardy, but they do have some bodies up front. But I think it just comes down to can they win the one-on-ones on the front line and can they sort of remake the middle part of the defense because you're never going to have another Troy Anderson again. Yeah, Trey Anderson, I mean, we, we've talked about him historically, Colter, so much, and a guy that you're definitely not going to replace. And, and a senior class with Chase Benson, Daniel Hardy, and, and Troy Anderson, the guys that, a, a, middle, a guy in the middle, a guy on the edge, a guy linebacker that can run, you're not going to replace seniors like that right away. So I don't necessarily think that that's the goal for Montana State, uh, but I do think that sure enough that, that front defensive line as well as the secondary is going to be important. Um, they, they have some linebackers that have been in the wings, some guys that haven't played due to injury the last couple of years, but some guys that have been around, I think that will definitely continue to, to develop. So I think Montana State is con- going to continue to run the football um, very efficiently, right? A, a team that's done that so well offensively. So offensively, Colter, do you still think that they run it as much as they have in the, in the past five, six years? Do you think that, that evolves at all? You know, Lance McCutcheon on the outside at wide receiver had such a big year for them. Arguably, maybe the linchpin of what they were able to do in, in, in the playoffs, you know, win games with big downfield shots from the outside. That guy now is also departing as a senior. So how do they replace that outside receiver? And, and what does the offense look like as a whole? Well, that's the whole thing, too, is that what does the offense look like is so dependent on what's the offensive line like because – Across the board, Brent Vegan inherited an incredibly talented roster with historic players like Troy Anderson. And I also think Daniel Hardy, at least in his senior year, deserves to be mentioned in that. I mean, 17 sacks and 25 tackles for loss are unbelievable numbers. But perhaps the greatest gift that, that Brent Vegan was gifted was the offensive front. And it's not just Lewis Kidd and Taylor Tuiasasopo, two all-big sky guys who were seniors last year, but initially also included Connor Wood, who then transferred to Missouri, and Zach Redd, who has then, uh, since then, decided to forego his final year of eligibility and uh, and hang it up. So those guys aren't there either. So you got Justice Perkins coming back. You have talented guys like TJ Session and Rush Reimer that got some playing time last year, but they're both still freshmen. And then the rest of it is sort of up for debate. I mean, you got Cole Sane, who showed that he can be good. Can he become a, a, an elite player? And then that other guard spot, who knows? I mean, is it Dylan Porter's time finally, a, a former transfer from Nevada who's been on the roster a couple years? C- can they keep getting progress out of guys like Joey McElroy, Missoula Loyola product, or Holden Sampson, uh, a hell in a capital guy? Who's the next guy that sort of steps up and, and fills that role? But I think that their offensive line is going to have to be really good if they want to do any and everything that they do on offense because Lance McCutcheon made great progress. He became an outstanding outside receiver. But would he have had so many different deep shots if it wasn't for the run game? Every single thing that Montana State did this last year had to do with Isaiah Fonse. I think that if they can get functional, if not good, on the offensive line, I think they also learned a tough lesson last year. Isaiah Fonse, he can't do it all. He can't be a 30-carry guy. He had a, one of the greatest single seasons in the history of Bobcat football last year. Broke the single-season rushing record and had eight or nine 100-yard games. I mean, he was awesome. He was also completely broken by the time they got to the stretch run of the playoffs. I mean, even against Sam Houston, in which he rushed for 100 yards, he still was playing on half a leg, basically. So I think that the offensive line is the starting point, the entry point, and then you got to figure out a way to get more guys' carries in the backfield, whether it's Elijah Elliott or Lane Sumner or Demarius Hosey or whoever else it might be, and then... You build the pass game off of that. But Tommy Mallott needs to run to be able to throw. Montana State needs to be able to run to be able to throw. So to me, it's just like we were talking about the Grizz. It all starts up front. 
so then I get to put you on the spot. I mean, I'm, I'm Mr. Host today. Tommy Malott's the guy, then. You said his name first and, and only. Suffered a major broken leg, um, fractured ankle. You know, I don't want to speak too much to the medical portion of it. Um, in the national championship game, uh, surgery, a, 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 an injury that is able to be surgically repaired and actually be stronger. An injury that when you're young, it's not going to feel good when you're older. But when you're young, it's an injury you can't overcome. Is Tommy Malott the quarterback for the Montana State Bobcats? Such an interesting question. I, I watched the quarterbacks extensively the other week, and they got some real talent. I think that Malott... Here's the thing. Actually, I'm going to circle back around to Malott. Sean Chambers is physically very impressive. He's also very inconsistent, the transfer from Wyoming. Jordan Reed is incredibly physically impressive. He looks like uh, an FBS guy all the way. But we've seen a lot of guys that look great. I mean, Chris Brown looks really great at Montana, and he has a hard time functioning in games. Casey Bauman from Montana State looks phenomenal when you see him walking around without pads and when you see him in pads, too. And he had a hard time functioning in games as well. So just being built different does not necessarily cater to success. But but Jordan Reed is a significantly better thrower and a much more smooth operator than either of those guys I mentioned. He's very good. I think he will be the quarterback of the future at Montana State. But I think they brought Sean Chambers in not to replace Tommy Malott, but to push Tommy Mallott. And here's the thing about Tommy Mallott. Tommy Mallott will get as good as he can get at quarterback. It's a matter of how good that will be. But no one's going to outwork the kid. He's a former valedictorian from Butte High School. He would have got a full ride academically to almost any school in the in the entire Western United States if it wasn't for his athletic talents. So he's that type of guy. He's going to put in the work. If you challenge him and push him, it's going to accelerate his development. I think that he and the coaching staff are both just going to have to deal with the inconsistencies that are going to define the next six months. Because sometimes during the practice that I watched, the scrimmage that I watched, Tommy looked good. Sometimes when they tried to make him sit in the pocket, he looked really uncomfortable and really inconsistent. That's going to be the way that it goes all the way up until September. But I do think if they play their cards right, they could have sort of a two-quarterback system where you still have the feature guy in Malat, and then you get Sean Chambers some snaps and maybe find other roles for him on the field. But, you know, I, again, I've only seen him once this spring. He is coming off a bad injury. But you have to think just knowing the kid and his mental makeup, it's going to be really hard to keep him off the field if your strategy to push him is effective and makes it so that he does develop at the pace you want him to develop at. So you know, I don't want to make any crazy bold predictions right now, but I have a hard time believing that anybody's going to beat out Tommy Malott unless they come in or are just anointed, and it doesn't seem like that's the case with he and Sean Chambers. Nuanas now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television, Coulter Nuanas, Brooks Nuanas here on ESPN Radio. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk some NBA playoffs right after this. Keep it right here. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate.
What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Nuana's now. ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching. SWX Montana Television or YouTube or the new ESPN Montana app. If you see an empty studio, it's because we're not there. We're here. We're down at Brett's RV and Marine. Helping Brett's kick off one of their best sales of the year. Splash into savings during the Lake Day sales event at Brett's RV and Marine in Missoula. You can receive the largest savings of this year on every new and pre-owned boat in stock. Save up to $27,000 off new sport boats, plus huge discounts clearly marked on all new and pre-owned boats in stock at Brett's. You're also going to get free storage for a year with every purchase. Make a splash this summer. Don't miss Brett's RV and Marine. Lake Day's sales event on now. The NBA playoffs, and it's newer format with these play-in games. It's been a couple seasons now of doing it. I'm still trying to grasp it. You know, it takes a little while to fully, you know, normalize it within yourself and uh, get it down pat like it is for all the rest of the playoff formats. We've had play-in games the last couple evenings and they've been fun they've been really fun to watch Uh, I enjoy watching the young teams that maybe don't get as much run during the regular season on on national TV and things like that Uh, I thought the Minnesota Timberwolves despite Carl Anthony Towns and his his foul trouble and, and only be able to play 24 minutes before fouling out I thought that uh them being able to move on to the second round. It was sort of a coming out party, maybe an announcement to the nation, so to speak, for the um, other great young players on the Timberwolves, like Anthony Edwards, uh, former number one overall pick, like D'Angelo Russell, former Ohio State standout, who was the number two overall pick a couple years back, but was never able to really find any traction in... uh, Los Angeles before getting traded to Minnesota. But it's fun when, when uh, new teams are good. And I know the Minnesota is sort of an outpost when it comes to the NBA landscape. But I also think that it's going to be a little bit of an interesting series with the Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies are sort of into a spot as the two seed, but they haven't been in a long time. And John Morant's certainly one of the rising stars in all of basketball. Certainly, yeah, it's going to be an all-NBA player this year for sure, getting the Grizzlies to the two-seed. An incredible uh, accomplishment by him and by his team. That said, though, they haven't really been in that spot. I mean, you look at two teams that are sort of new to the dance, so I think that sort of evens the playing field. So that's definitely one of the first-round series that I'm looking at that I think is, is going to be quite interesting. There were games last night as well. Uh, the, the games Wednesday, by the way, included uh, that or excuse me, the games Tuesday included um, the Nets outlasting the Cavaliers. And so the Nets take the two seed in to the Eastern Conference playoffs. And then the Timberwolves beating the Clippers. And then Wednesday's games last night included the Hawks blasting the Hornets. So the Hornets are done. And uh, the Hawks uh, remain alive. And then you had the Pelicans 
beating the Spurs. The Hawks' final score, by the way, over the Hornets, 132-103. to And then the Pelicans defeated the Spurs, 113-103. to So no games tonight. And then the final round of the play-in games will come on Friday. So we got Hawks-Cavs in Cleveland for the eight seed and the right to take on top-seeded Miami in the east. And then we got Pelicans at Clippers for the right to take on the top-seeded Phoenix Suns, who won a NBA best 64 games during the regular season. So can Trey Young lead Atlanta into the playoffs for the second year in a row? We'll see. I really liked what I've seen out of Darius Garland, young kid there in Cleveland. And the Cavs were so good during the the uh, deep winter months of the season, December and January. So can they regain that form? They had sort of a unique formula with uh, all the bigs that they were playing, including Evan Mobley, who's been great as a rookie, as well as Laurie Marketing, who sort of had a resurgence to his career. Um, so it'll be that'll be a fun game, actually, to watch a couple guys. It's a proven game for Trey Young for sure, but it's also a moment where maybe the Cavs could arrive, at least for a moment, uh, making the playoffs. And then we'll see. We'll see what happens. It, it, whoever plays the win, that winner, the winner of that, excuse me, they play Miami. So we'll see what happens with that. But then Pelicans, Clippers, I'm not really sure. I mean, I think for the NBA, you probably want the L.A. team in there. You probably want the superstar-laden team in there and the Clippers. The Pelicans have been uh, lackluster, honestly. I mean, the fact that they're even in the mix for a playoff spot seems sort of silly to me. 36-46, and 46, their regular season record. But what do I know? So uh, we'll see. Uh, how that all plays out. But then Saturday, the full slate, the full shooting match, that begins. And we will give you some thoughts on those games on the other side as we take you home here on Nuanez Now. We are coming to you from Brett's RV and Marine. It is the Lake Day sales event on now through the weekend. Swing on by 4800 Grand Creek Road. Take you home here on your Thursday. Keep it right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula. SportsBet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for SportsBet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. SportsBet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized SportsBet Montana location or by using the SportsBet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since SportsBet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. SportsBet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized SportsBet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Second hour of Nuanas now today, the playlist. 
Brought to you by Brooks Nuanas. SkyHighSports.com. He picked it out for us. A little alkaline trio, some Weezer, and this band called La Dispute. The most beautiful bitter fruit is the song name. Gotta love this alternative punk. This is, my, this is my, my brother's stuff right here. This is what he's into. It's new on his now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. You missed anything in the show? You can always find it on the Nuanez Now podcast. We talked men's hoops national signing day for the Cats and the Grizz. We also talked about reclassifications at the high school level for nine Montana high schools. We hear from Jeff Safford on all things Grizz lacrosse and all things Missoula Paddleheads. Brooks Nuanez, SkylineSportsMT.com joined us to kick off hour number two and talk some NBA playoffs, which we'll give you a couple more thoughts on here momentarily. The Nuanas Now podcast available on all of your podcast hosting platforms. Please rate, review, subscribe. It is proudly presented by Brett Sarvi and Marine, as well as Sportsbet Montana and the Advocates. We are down here at Brett Sarvi and Marine, kicking it to kick off the Lake Day sales event. You can splash into savings and receive the largest savings of the year on every new and pre-owned boat in stock. Up to $27,000 on savings on these new sport boats and up to $17,000 on the new pontoon boats. Brett's RV and Marine proudly carries boats with Honda Marine Motors. And during the Lake Day sales event, you'll receive huge savings on every in-stock boat with a Honda Marine motor. Make a splash this summer. Don't miss Brett's RV and Marine's Lake Day's sales event. Thanks to Andrew Houghton, Jeff Safford, Tommy Evans, all the guys in the back for getting us set up for yet another remote broadcast. Fun to do, fun to execute, and always fun to be here. Your slate of games for the NBA on Saturday, there's four of them. The, the NBA gets into full playoff mode on Saturday, which will be uh, very fun. One of my favorite times of the year. It gets kicked off 11 a.m., the Jazz versus the Mavericks. That's going to be a good series. Can Luka Doncic affirm that he really is one of the all-NBA all best players in the league? That'll be an interesting fold there. The Jazz have been sort of in this same spot. 50 wins, solid team, great at home. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. Good duo. Can they get over the top, though? Can they win a playoff series? Can they affirm their spot as an up-and-coming team in the in the NBA? The Grizzlies-Timberwolves, I gave you some thoughts on that last segment. I think that's going to be a great series. The Grizz won 10 more games with the T-Wolves. We got some of the best young players in the league in this game. Of course, John Morant for the Grizz. And, of course, Anthony Edwards, uh, D'Angelo Russell, and Carl Anthony Towns for the T-Wolves. So that'll be a fun series. Raptors 76ers will also be a good one. The Raptors continue to overachieve even after their championship season. They lost superstar Kawhi Leonard, but Pascal Siakam has replaced that that role. But one of the frontrunners for NBA MVP, Joel Embiid, he had one of the great seasons uh, by a center of the modern generation of the last 20 years, you could argue. Almost 31 points and almost 12 rebounds per game. And being a definitely bona fide MVP contender. So I do think that Philly, with the home court advantage of those of these series I've addressed so far, I think they have the definitive first real advantage. And then 6.30 on Saturday, Nuggets versus Warriors. That one will kick off uh, on ABC television. You can find almost all these NBA games on ESPN Radio here throughout the NBA playoffs. The Nuggets-Warriors series will be fascinating as well because you have a a phenomenal talent in Nikola Jokic, 27 points, almost 14 rebounds, and almost 8 assists per game, a historically good season. But the Warriors, if Steph Curry can come back full force, can they make one more run at it? We'll see. I have never wanted to let the – 
curtain close on the Warriors. I just think that they just play such phenomenal basketball, such beautiful basketball, and uh, they're hard to bet against when they got their chemistry rolling. Sunday, another full slate of games. That includes uh, the Heat against the to-be-determined opponent between the winner of Cleveland and Atlanta at 11. Then the Nets versus the Celtics at 1.30. The Bulls versus the Bucks at 4.30. And then the winner of that Pelicans and uh, Clippers game at 7 p.m. So that will be a fun slate of NBA games and uh, very much looking forward to it. Thanks so much for kicking it with us here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. We'll be back at it. Tomorrow, from Brett's RV and Marine. In the meantime, have yourself a wonderful Thursday evening. Nuanas now. 102.9 ESPN Missoula for Brett's RV and Marine. We'll see you back here tomorrow, 4 p.m. Have a great night. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.